Well, the Fed feel they're perhaps at risk of doing a little bit too much. Risk assets rejoice. The recession trade's still very much there, but a data-dependent Fed seems to be the right Fed in the market's eyes. The world is solved. Get involved, says the market. We explore these formatics and more as we go into the trade-off. Well, hi, my name's Chris Weston, Head of Research here at Pepstone. I'm going to be joined by, as always, by Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. And we're going to be going through all the setups, all the thematics and all the news. And there is a lot of news, as there always is, to talk about and making sense of the craziness and shenanigans that are going on inside financial markets. So let's bring Blake into the show. Blake, my good friend. Couple of things. First of all, my collar keeps popping out. I feel like I'm John Travolta from Staying Alive. Just forgive me on Got that. I can't thing. get it right at all. Got and it's really doing my head. Here, Chris. In. <laughs> it's doing my head. I can't I can't get it getting anyway, forget about that. Um, the second thing is is that yeah, I was thinking about you the other day. I saw that McDonald's had put up its burgers for the first time in 14 years, and I thought, well, if that doesn't sort of highlight inflation. Um, you know, where are we? But the Fed comes to save the day. Burgers are going to be cheaper going forward. I thought that was just a really sort of a, a really amplified way of seeing the inflation story coming through in markets at the moment. What are you seeing? Well, thank goodness, because my collar's sticking out now, too. Um, you know, thank, thank, thank goodness, because uh, I didn't want to pay that much for McDonald's burgers anyway, especially the next time I visit the UK. So uh, so there we go. Well, um, at least we got that in the news, Chris. We did, mate. Let's, uh, let's actually talk about what the, the Fed have done. And you can put your collar back in and we'll talk about some of the thematics they've been playing through. Let's go into Topical Funder. Blake. Thanks for doing that. <laughs> um, obviously, yeah, I'm looking a bit tired this morning because I was up at four o'clock, uh, yeah, our time in the morning, uh, to look at uh, what was going around the Fed. We were thinking perhaps there was going to be some slight changes in nuance, but it wasn't particularly going to be a major volatility event. Um, I, the market's seen this as dovish. The question uh, which we can discuss um, is, is, is this sustainable? Um, you know, we've seen a positive reaction in equities. Gold prices have moved higher. Bonds have gone bid. Um, and you've seen the US dollar lower. For me, I'll just quickly take out a couple of things. First of all, the fact that they said they could look to slow the pace of, of, um, of hikes going forward. I think the market took that. And then I think spe specifically, they said that the, the, the statement of economic projections where they see the Fed funds rate at 3.4% by the end of the year, and they said they still see this as a guide that they're looking at very favourably, suggests that a 50 basis point hike in September is on the card. So it settled that sort of 75, 50 basis point hike uh, for the September meeting debate, and the market saw that. So the question is, is, is with the reaction that we've seen from the Fed, um, is this just a positioning adjustment from a market that was long of US dollars and tomorrow could be a whole different factor? Or do you think this has got legs? You know, Chris, I, first of all, I think it might have legs. Uh, I want to I reference um, one of my colleagues. He put up the two statements uh, side by side. And I'm going to read you just the first couple of lines from the, from the June. Who's first. that, Forex Flow? Uh, 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 oh no, one of uh, one of our team members uh, that are, is in the UK yeah. says overall economic activity appears to have been picked up after uh, edging down in the first quarter. Job gains have been robust in recent months and the un unemployment rate has remained low. But today's statement said recent indicators of spending and pr uh, pr production have softened. Nonetheless, job gains have been robust in recent months and the unemployment rate has remained low. So, you know, they changed that very very first 
you know, sentence in the paragraph. And what happened there is we saw at that point, we saw gold rally, the dollar sell off, like that knee jerk reaction. But then they started to hold until we got to the presser. Now, you know, the Fed chairman Powell, he said, you know, he, he got to the point where he said, we're in neutral. Now, if I'm gonna use a car analogy, does that mean he's coasting in neutral and we're gonna be coasting at the same rate? Or is he in neutral, he can slam it into reverse? And then, you know, really screw up his, you know, clutch, uh, you know, like, I don't, I don't I'm not they, sure how to read him. Well, they're going to go, but, they're going to, they're going to go, they're going to go harder. They're going to be data dependent. That to me is the most important thing now. So they are, they've changed the mantra that they are now firmly data yeah. dependent. And we can talk about that in a second in data review. But for me, the, that that's a really important thing. For me, what happened, Blake, is the market had a pricing mechanism in its mind and a, and a theory and a school of thought that was going to happen throughout the rest of the year and into next year. And I think the Fed have shared that view. I think the market has said, the Fed have, have said, we're on the same payoff path of what you were thinking. Market feels validated and they feel relief on the back of that. Yeah, well, and I did have a, I had a trader reach out to me and ask like, you know, hey, Blake, what do you think? You know, is, is the Fed chairman going to really affirm that he's, you know, that they're going to continue to fight inflation? Wow. And when that didn't come out, we saw that reversal in the dollar. And that's why I think it might have some legs. We've we seen a very small pivot, right, in the Fed. Yeah, Everybody's expecting some sort of pivot, but this is like a little one, I think. Little so, one. So anyway, well, let's talk about the dollar's reaction today because the dollar got the smackdown. Um, you know, I wanna, I wanna just mention a couple of things about the dollar. Um, I, I still think we're in a really strong uptrend. So when I say, is the dollar really doomed? I think we're still in a, in a, in a strong uptrend and I have to reference that the dollar is not, it's not just a dollar story. I know today was a dollar story, but we're still look at the ECB. And I, I have to say, I can't look at the Euro right now, Chris, and say, I really wanna be a buyer. <laughs> Like, yeah, no I mean, that's like, I, that's like, like the last thing on my list in the currency market I want to do, that's but right. that doesn't mean that I don't want to sell the dollar against other things. You know, that's I right. think the Aussie dollar looks good. The Kiwi looks good. The Canadian actually looks pretty good. Some of these commodity emerging market currencies. So I want to ask you this, Chris, after today, do you feel that the dollar's doomed? I think no. that's a little premature, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, no, what I do you think? I mean, I agree. Like, you're not buying the Aussie dollar because you think that Australia is a great place to keep your money. You're not buying the Kiwi dollar because New Zealand's, you know, going to be raising rates and it's, you know, looking relatively more attractive as an investment destination. You're buying the Canadian dollar, the Aussie dollar, the CAD, uh, or, yeah, the, the Aussie, because they are vehicles to express a view. That is a weaker dollar, builds commodity prices, and it's just a, 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 a yeah, risk on semantics vehicle. That's all it is. Um, Euro is slightly different though. I mean, I, I just, apart from positioning that needs to come out, short Euro dollar positioning that comes out, you know, you're still looking at BTP bun spreads that are widening. You're still looking at a gas story that, that's really, really precarious and only going to get worse, in my opinion, in the short term. There's no reason to be buying euros. We've seen massive outflows of European equities and yeah, maybe that's a, a buying opportunity. But from a currency perspective, there's just little to like the pound, you know, the pound's trading fairly closely correlated with the euro, but they've got political issues that, that need to be resolved. Um, so yeah, I think that there are places that, that will benefit from a weaker US dollar, but you're not buying those currencies because you're actually taking a favorable view on the, on, the, on the central bank. You're doing it because you're an expression of a weaker dollar leads you to go and buy high beta plays and a risk on semantics, right? Yeah, I think that's exactly it. And so that's the way I wanted, I wanted to make sure I framed it in, in, in such a way because Am I playing the dollar to the downside? I have been for the last couple of weeks, but I'm really, I'm really particular 
about where I'm playing the dollar, yeah, right. and it's not it's not one I, shoe fits all feet. I want to say this well that the, the the Fed still are fighting inflation. Oh, give me a rest. <laughs> I'm going to get some, some sticky tape and just stick it down. But the, uh, the Fed are still fighting inflation. They're just data dependent, right? So if the data still yeah. comes in really strong, you know, they're still going to raise 75 basis points in September, right? The market seems right. to think it's going to be 50 basis points. But if that next inflation read is super hot, you know, if the inflation expectations turn higher, then they'll raise 75 basis points. I don't think anything has necessarily changed, but the fact that they are open to the idea that it could be less, I think is what the market's looking for because some of the data has been a little bit softer. So yeah, just coming out to that point, look, I don't see a collapse in the dollar, but the moment they actually come out and properly pivot, which could come out after September, will be the time when you start really selling dollars, in my opinion. So what do we look at? Let's have a look at data review because you know, a, a, a Fed that has become data dependent um, means that what you're going to see is bad data being bad for the dollar, right? So we're now in that frame of mind. We've been talking about this in the exactly. show for a long time. So bad data yeah. now means we sell the dollar, and you probably do it more so against, against the Japanese yen, probably, in my opinion, and the Swiss franc. Um, so what are we looking at? Well, the, the big one's on the 10th of August. That's my time, the 10th. Probably you're the 9th, um, you're 11th. And that's the, the next CPI number. And that's going to be really important. So the 10th of August for us, big number CPI. Obviously, yeah, we're hoping that's going to be a little bit lower. And then that could give the Fed reason to raise rates 50 basis points. Next week, we get the ISM manufacturing number. I think they're really important. Services ISM number, again, very important. Manufacturing number, specifically after what we saw from the S&P Global, which showed big contraction there. Next Friday, we get the payrolls number. We're obviously looking at wages. We've got jobless claims, which have started to sort of meander higher. Um, on the 9th, just the day before CPI, we get unit labor costs. So how much is effectively it costing um, a business to get each unit of productivity out there? And on the 17th of August, we get the retail sales numbers. So the point being for me, Blake, is, is is we manage risk as traders, right? So the, the, the fact is when we're looking at that economic calendar, we now know that the Federal Reserve have just shown us being data dependent means that the market is going to be much more sensitive to data. We're going to see bigger changes in rates. We're going to see bigger moves in the dollar over those announcements. So we're looking at those data points and saying, what is the Fed looking at specifically that's going to frame their next decision? And that's why I think you're going to see implied volatility in the FX market slightly higher. So these are the dates that I'm specifically looking out for. But yeah, that 10th of August CPI number is going to be large. And that's going to be a big one, Chris. And we have the, don't forget, we have months, like two months worth of data. Like we're going to literally have two months worth of high volatility moves in the currency market and markets in general. If you thought this was going to be some sort of like lackadaisical summer, I, I don't think that's what it's going to be from here <laughs> on that, out. Because what is that word? Is the, that is, can, is there a fact check? Can you? <laughs> that lackadaisical, folks, pull it up and Google it. Yeah, Wikipedia, yeah. that no, bad Blake, boy. But you know, people people thought that you know, hey, that's, we're going to have summer trading. And it's going to be lackadaisical, Chris. Um, <laughs> that it's going to be just kind of like ho hum. But no, we're going to have some volatility, and I'm going to be paying attention to the jobs report. And I know CPI is obviously big. We want to. CPI, I, I won't argue with you. That is that is the key data point. It's the Mac Daddy. But remember, the, the, it is the Mac Daddy, but the Fed is now starting to look at, 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 at jobs data and it is becoming very important. They reference it that the jobs jobs are still plentiful and it's strong. So if we start to see weakness there, you have to be really careful with with you know owning dollars if if we start to see employment just, data. I just want to sort of, uh, on your on your word lacks a day um, just, just remember, just remember that like the, the the FOMC don't actually have a meeting in August. 
Um, so you talk about this this period of time, but we do have the Jackson Hole Symposium coming out in late August. So it won't just be that we're going to have power speaking. We're probably going to have a whole plethora of guards. And we're yeah, Bailey's of this world coming out. So we will get a chance for them to understand what's going on. And they'll, I don't know what the title of the, of the meeting is at the moment or the symposium, which is another word you only use once a year, and that's at Jackson Hole. Um, but yeah, like, just forget, we don't have a Fed meeting in August, but we do have Jackson Hole playing through. There'll be lackadaisical, Chris. So, uh, you know, let's... Uh, let's Let's take a look at commodities. Let's talk about commodities a bit and, and the commodities market because um, I, I was looking at the Thomson Reuters, like, you know, the, the, the CRB index. Mm. And, you know, we've had a substantial rally since like the COVID lockdowns. I mean, it's been yeah, yeah. nothing short of massive and astonishing. But, you know, um, there are a lot of people that believe that we are going to be in a high inflation environment for a very long period of time. And if that's the case, then you know I got to start asking the question: Are commodities a good buy down here? And we're starting to see commodity currencies like the Australian dollar, the Kiwi dollar, the Canadian dollar. They're starting to look a little bit, you know, perky er um, as of the last few weeks. Which most of you, if you've been, you know, watching here on the trade off the last couple of weeks, you know that we've been kind of queuing off of those those stronger commodity currencies. Well, commodities look like they've had a decent pullback, and that CRB index has had a 24% Fibonacci retracement which you know I, it's not one of those retracements that i look at a lot but when you're in a strong trend it it's it, it means that it's a very shallow retracement if that's all we're going to get and that's kind of what i'm seeing right now so with this weakness in the dollar chris and with what happened with the fed the the the, the perkiness of of, of of you know risk assets even cryptocurrencies rallied pretty substantially today yeah they did do you do you believe that Right now is the time to be a buyer of commodities. What are your thoughts? Well, remember the CRB is, is about 40% weighted towards the, the crude price. So I think you've got to you've got to keep an eye on that. And that's had a bit decent bounce. We've had a bit of a bounce after about a 30% sell-off in gasoline. That started moving up. Something Biden will be you know talking about. Um, but uh, yeah, absolutely. I, again, the, we come back to the central point. It's really about what happens with the US dollar. I think equities, commodities, they're all looking at the US dollar. The dollar is just... Pivotal to everything. Uh, going to Asia, Asian equities, certainly, you know, Cosby and, and you know, Japanese market, very, very influenced by what's happening in the dollar. And the dollar is just central. It's right at the epicenter. If you get yourself a cheeky Venn diagram, it's right in the middle of, you know, affecting everything. So you tell me where the dollar's going and, you and I'll tell you where commodities are going. But also look at China. Now, China still isn't opening up as much as we'd hoped. And, and obviously that's because they've still got the COVID zero issue. Uh, liquidity in China has been moving up, but again, not to the same extent that we probably would like to see in system liquidity. Um, so I think China's the elephant in the room when it comes to, to commodities. So we, we, we need to understand what's going to happen with the dollar. We also need to understand what's happening with China economics. Uh, we are starting to see signs that maybe they're going to open up a little bit more, but uh, we really need that. If, if they were to open up, then yeah, I think commodities go up. So yeah, I, I think the, the commodity which really gets me at the moment is, is gold. I'm seeing signs that, you know, if, if we say we don't like any of these currencies right now, right, and you don't like euro, pounds, and if the dollar was to give up, then then the I think gold becomes a currency in its own right and actually becomes quite attractive in that situation. At the moment, we haven't given up on the dollar, and that's why gold prices aren't really going up as strongly as we'd hoped. But uh, I think the moment the market gives up on the dollar because we get a true pivot will be the time that gold really goes up at the moment. So interesting one All there. Right. Um, anyway, let's go to, that's the setup. Have a look at some of the charts that are making news.
Uh, Mr. Comedy Blake uh, was talking about Ethereum a minute ago, and uh, I want to bring up the chart of Ethereum there because uh, we did see that moving up double digits last night. So, yeah, generally speaking, when you get a weaker dollar, when you get the kind of Fed coming back a little bit, stepping up a little bit, you do get risk assets moving up. And of course, uh, we know that crypto is the highest beta risk asset out there. So we did see some big moves up there. But what we've seen with Ethereum there, Blake, is obviously we've, we've held the 50-day moving average, which is the, uh, the the blue line, which is starting to sort of move sideways now. Uh, if I have a look at my momentum indicators, the three-day uh, relative to the eight-day, you know, that started to turn higher. So that's that's positive. We can see the rate of change, the five-day rate of change has started to turn positive. So there's a bit of momentum to go through there. I like this as a momentum trade, but we need the breakout. The breakout is key for any kind of momentum into a potential trend following situation. But we're right on that ceiling now. So we've got that consolidation high. Um, the reason I've put this out there is because for me as a sort of a momentum trader, the momentum indicators are there. Does this now turn into a trend? And you know, with trend following, you, you just got to go along for it. You're not trying to anticipate. You just see it there and it could, what will be will be. But a break of these, the, this ceiling, which we're seeing around 1608, I think is something that I want to be involved with as a trend. Um, what are you seeing? You know, I well, first of all, I'm, I'm going to spin my lackadaisical um, uh, opinion on on ETH and, and understand there's some sort of merge that's happening that's got a lot oh, of yeah. uh, bulls reengaged right now in, in Ethereum. Uh, I, I think that line that you have that's drawn around the 1700 level, that breakdown point, that's a big one. But yeah. the 38% retracement comes in around 1925. Yeah. That's kind of a key level that I'm looking at because if we can get above that then I think you might actually get some momentum higher towards the you know 2000 level but I but look I I wouldn't want to be on the short side of that it looks like a kind of a cup and handle pattern if you ask yeah, me yeah so. well this is this is one that that I'm not long but when the market tells me and pushes me into because the flow of capital is all aggregated into one thing, then I'm, I'm, in, I'm in. But you know, I, I, this is one that's on the radar, I've got the alert set. When it breaks out, I've just got to be involved in that as a momentum, potentially a trend following trade. So let the market yeah, push you into the trade, let it compel you. We're not there yet, but this is one that has to be on the radar. Well, I, I, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think it's one that if, if you're a momentum guy and, or gal and you start to break out like that, I know how you like to buy those breakouts. So that's big. Uh, I'm going to take you over to the DAX and um, this is going to be called the DAX attack. Now, I, I, I tell you, I'm sorry, it's, I know it's corny. Yeah. Um, you know, I was going to talk. I was going to talk about the DAX a couple of weeks ago when you had the, the, the guest from TradingView on, so I didn't get an opportunity to talk about the DAX, but I, I like it off of those lows. You can see those highlighted lows um, of, of this yearly lows, but we have this divergent relative strength. We're setting up a bull flag pattern, yep. and I'll tell you, bull flag patterns are continuation patterns, and it's something that I like as a setup. You know, the first level resistance that we're going to push up against is going to be around 13,300 or so, but the 50-day moving average comes in just around 13. 13,500, 13,470, somewhere that, around that neighborhood. We break above that, and I think you got to be looking for a DAX attack, like a McDonald's McTack. I don't know. Any, what, what are your thoughts about the DAX here? Well, it, it, again, I mean, these, these markets, these indices, it, it, it hurts. It hurts to be long. It feels wrong, doesn't it? It just, it just doesn't feel right. You, you buy it and you chastise yourself. It's it, but the, the fact is, we've got to be open-minded about it. And um, when, the price is the final arbiter of truth in every situation, especially when you're trading with leverage. 
So if we if we get a breakout, you've just got to be long there. I mean, the 50 day is great for a you know, for main reversion traders. They love to have it as a trend uh, trend filter. Um, so I think a break a break of that would be would be quite positive. Um, but you know, with, with Germany, there's still so much to hate. You know, you've still got so much leverage to what's happening in Nord Stream, and that's only going to get worse. Um, that's a good point. In, in these situations, you know, the inflation issue is is a problem. It's going to get worse with a weak euro. Um, so it's difficult to like that, but you know, a breakout. These these bad ball flag patterns about what's up. Eighty percent of the time, they break out in the direction of the former trend. So you know, if that does break out, you've got to go along with it. You've just got to be open minded. We talk about it time and time again. We can hate everything about Europe right now from an investment perspective, but if price tells you to buy, you've got to go along for the ride, right? Otherwise, you're going to miss out in that situation. Yeah. So yeah, I like. I that's like what it. makes us. That that's what makes a setup, right, Chris? It does, mate. Absolutely. I like the way you bring that in. <laughs> Um, bringing it full circle um, and going switching it over stateside, a similar sort of situation we've got with the US 500. This is a chart that I've been looking at. I brought out to clients yesterday. We've got this this uh, descending wedge pattern that has now broken out to the upside. It needs work. And again, just buying buying US 500, buying the yeah you know, the, the Dow, buying the the Nasdaq. It feels wrong, you know. Like we're going into a recession in the US. We're going into a recession certainly in Germany. Um, certainly in Japan, parts of Asia, the world is going to recession. We've just seen the IMF coming out and cutting their forecasts as well. Central banks still raising rates. Um, the dollar's still pretty you know, near its highs. So buying equity is, is, is just a horrible trade. No one likes to do it. Um, you know, but it's going up. <laughs> and, and, you know, at what yeah, point, Blake? Right. I mean, they, they, we've just seen it poke. This needs work. Will it start trending? That's what I want to see. So I take a positive bias for now until we can get a back, uh, you know, fail break back below that 39.10. Earnings are coming in at the moment. They're pretty strong relative to consensus. Earnings are always look strong relative consensus. But this is going up just like the DAX trade, mate. What are you thinking? Well, you know, it is like the DAX trade, and I and I agree with you in exactly what you're saying. But I got I've got to say there's a really key level that I'm looking at. It's the 4100 level. That is actually the 38% retracement. You hear me say that again, uh, the, the, the big 38% FIBO retracement uh, of, from the all-time highs to the, to the most recent lows of last month. Um, that comes in right just sub 4,100. Also the 161% extension of this last consolidation that you, you can see on your chart, that also comes in at 4,100 or right around there within 10 S&P points of that. So. I think that's gonna be a big pivotal area for the market. So can we get some upside? Sure, when we get to 4,100, I think that's when you really have to start protecting your, you know, protecting your trade, moving your stops, watching your risk, you know, take, paring down your position size. But hey, look, I think there might be some upside between now and then. I mean, you, that's, that's 80, 90 S&P points. That's not little chump change, right, yeah. Chris? Well, we could get some FOMO coming through. Um, we'll see what Good. happens. And it's, of course, there's, there's so much stuff that, yeah, you've got to go and speak to the flow desks about, you know, the hedging activity that's that's moving down. You know, you've got vol targeting funds dripping into the market as the VIX comes lower and, and realised volatility comes lower. So there's a lot of shenanigans that, that, that takes place in this market as well. So, again, open-minded. If it feels wrong, it's probably the right trade. <laughs> <laughs> that There you go. That's that's a good way to frame it's that like love. All right, I'm, I'm going to take you over to the, uh, to the 10-year U.S. notes, uh, you know, and I'm going to say it's a setup. It's a post-it note. Put a post-it note on your desk and say, look, we have an inverted head and shoulder pattern that is setting up. But, I, you know, Chris, this is where I'm going to defer to you here in just a minute is I'm going to want your opinion on this because I'm trying to figure out why bonds are going to rally. I mean, are bonds going to rally if they do rally and we stage a breakout? And by the way, the breakout that I'm looking at on on um, on 
these notes would be right at the 121 level, just above 121. But if you're if you're trading like the 10 year yield, it's going to be at the yield drops below like 2.70, 2.69. But if that happens and you see a rally in bonds, what would do it, Chris? What would actually spur a squeeze? I think we could squeeze back to the 200 day moving average at least in this setup if we break out. But what would produce a move in the bond market? Is it going to be risk off? Is it because recessionary fears? What are your thoughts? Well, at the moment, it's the, the move that we've seen in, in yields going lower, prices you can see has moved to higher, uh, has really been driven by inflation expectations, the, the, the inflation expectation element of the, 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 the nominal treasury. So when you're looking at nominal treasuries, effectively, you've got um, expected growth over that period, average expected growth over that period. You've got inflation expectations. And then you've got term premium, how much you're going to be compensated to hold a, a fixed income instrument for that length of period. And all the move so far has been driven by the inflation expectation element of, of what, what creates the yield there, the expected return. So I think inflation expectations, you know, if commodity prices were to turn south, um, then uh, maybe that's going to be partly down to the, the strong dollar. Then, then I think price goes up in, in there. So I'll be looking at that. So keep an eye on break-even rates. Keep an eye on commodities. Keep an eye on the dollar. Um, if we get a further stronger dollar, if we get um, you know, commodities lower, then, then bond yields are going higher, in my opinion. So I'll be looking at inflation okay. expectations specifically there, Blake. Yeah, for sure. All anyway, right. let's... Thank uh, you, Chris. <laughs> every day's a school day, Blake. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, let's go to play of the day. Let's, uh, let's have a look at what's going on in, uh, in, in our market. It's in, in going on in mind. Put me off, mate. Well, uh, funny man Blake and I have been discussing uh, a lot about what's been happening with uh, the Aussie dollar today, and, and it's going to actually con conveniently be my play of the day. Um, and a lot of this will depend on really what's happening with the equity market. So if that S&P continues to go up to some of the levels Blake's was talking about, then I think the Aussie dollar is going to go up at probably a faster clip. Um, we can see it working nicely in with a channel. We can see that the three-day exponential moving average is moving away from the eight-day. Obviously, that's just you know, since you know, what we've been seeing with price. But really, when price falls, you can see it cushioned at the eight-day. That's been the line that, that that's really holding on the situation. Um, and you know, until we get a, a break below, back below that sort of 68.77 level, which is the black horizontal line you can see within that channel, um, I think that this. That, that, that you know you take a long bias and I think we continue to work higher within this channel into 71 cents. That's where I'll be putting my stop loss. I know there's a, a reasonable amount of risk there. Obviously, it's a swing trade, um, but I like this higher and, and, and that's conditional, obviously, that, that you know, commodity price are working, the dollar weakens and, and equity markets are higher. Uh, and I think the Aussie dollar is shaping up quite nicely. I think we've seen a, a bullish outside day in golfing. It might not work, of course it might not, but at the time everything has shown me that the distribution of probabilities is that it's skewed towards a higher Aussie dollar here. Well, you know, I'm going to keep with the theme of the Aussie and uh, I'm going to show you guys the Aussie Kiwi. Well, and you you notice the headline, it's Kylie I don't know, Minogue. Like, did you just pull like a random Australian out? Just like any, you could have done Russell Crowe who would have mixed both worlds there. Or... <laughs> so, so first of all, um, this is a nod to all the Forex analytics uh, community. Most people know that we, we, we nickname some of our, our, our currency pairs. Uh, Aussie New Zealand is fondly named Kylie because Kylie happens to be my favorite Australian singer of all time and I love her to death and thank God my wife isn't listening right now. But uh, you know, we have other nicknames for other currencies like the dollar Mexican pesos, Salma Hayek and, and uh, you know, the David Beckham gets thrown out for the ladies sometimes. So anyway, going back to the Aussie Kiwi, <laughs> you know, we have a big breakout because the, 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 the pair has been holding above 
a big breakout point, a seven-year trend line that's, no, that's highlighted in red. We've been consolidating above that for like a couple of months. And we just had a literally a month-long consolidation. We started breaking higher, and now it looks like we're gonna make a move to 112, maybe even as high as 113 with Kylie. So I like the Aussie Kiwi here, and um, I like the Aussie with you. Good stuff. Well, thanks for all your jokes and uh, and uh, and humour today, Blake. It's been uh, it's been good fun. But obviously, a big big uh, big day. We've just just seen the Fed meeting coming through. Um, we've got to keep an eye open mind. We've been looking at the DAX, the the US five hundred, but the dollar specifically. And uh, you know, while we have seen a bit of a turn, in my opinion, from the Federal Reserve, the question is is will it be sustained? I'm not so sure it will be, but you know, certainly the market feeling validated here. So again, thanks for everyone who's watching this. Uh, give it a like if you can. Drop your comments as always. We'd love to love to hear from you. Last week there were some fantastic comments. Anyway, next week we'll be back for more of the, the trade-off.